get up, get up, get up, get up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Mets Up Podcast. Episode number 106 just finished up a series against the Texas Rangers. A nice series win. We finally beat a team from the state of Texas. The boys are pumped. It, we, we really haven't beat a team from the state of Texas the entire year, actually. Yeah, this is the first time. Uh, thank goodness. Needed that series when people were starting to get a little bit crazy out there, starting to say things. That's just not true about this Mets team. So, of course, we're going to go through the entire Rangers series this episode, as well as bring in a little 4th of July action. Talk about some barbecues, what we're doing on 4th of July. Have some fun, as well as who we would bring to our barbecue. Former, past, current, present Mets, whatever it is. So make sure you guys stick around for this episode. If you are not yet following us on social media, at Mets Up Everywhere, and if you're trying to watch the YouTube video, check out the Mets YouTube channel. You'll be able to find it there. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get them, drop us a follow, drop us a rating, a review. It really does help us out. Without further ado, James, this is actually the first time we have doubled up on a location that is not my apartment in Astoria. Literally, first time ever for the Mets Up Podcast. And, I mean, it's a fantastic weekend of weather in New York, great holiday coming up, Mets win another series. Things are good. Oh, beautiful weather at the ballpark today, specifically. I've now been to every single Mets game this homestand, which Worst is... Worst homestand of the year. Which is crazy. <laughs> and I, uh, as you guys can tell, I'm wearing the Seinfeld shirt from that they gave away last year, and it's just simply because I have no clean Mets clothes. So... Normally in a jersey, normally a little, bring a little more style, although I'm not the most stylish guy by any means. I got a nice seven-line shirt for anyone looking for style. Yeah, seven-line shirt, always doing well. But uh, how are you feeling after this series? I mean, it was a nice series win, I feel like. It's just exact the, exactly the way a series you feel like it should go for a team that is good, but that you are better than. Like, this series is kind of like a line between the Mets being just one of those teams stuck in the middle and one of those teams who has a shot to get closer to the top. Like, winning a couple close games against a team that – has good things about it, while it's not like necessarily again like a good team. Yeah. Like I think it was meaningful, and the fact that a lot of different guys from the Mets this series like stepped up and played well was helpful. You know, this is a series that we said coming into it, the Mets should win. Yes, and they did win. And let's just start talking about it, right? Because game one start off a little a little scary here yeah. because right before the game we get a little phantom IL stint for Chris Bassett, who's been one of our best pitchers. We were told it was a non-injury related thing, which makes you think COVID immediately mm -hmm. ends up being COVID. Hopefully Chris Bassett comes back soon. It was also just that moment where you were coming off those bad losses to the Astros. You had the off day. You're like, we need a clean game Friday. We got one of our horses that's going to be on the mound, and things should just be okay. Like, just get out there. And then at 6 o'clock, 5.55, you get the notification that Bassett is not going to start. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. Was that was also, you were like, let's go to the game. And I was like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going. <laughs> that being said, though, no, yeah, David Peterson, good. who did fill in, did a phenomenal job again. I mean, how many times will we pat him on the back? But he just continues to deserve it. David Peterson has been crucial in this rotation. You felt it from the first inning of this Peterson start where he got ahead of Marcus Semien, who, like we said, has struggled this year relative to his recent years where he's been very good, but had a good series against the oh, Mets here. Oh, of course, just like yeah. he did last year with the Blue Jays. I feel like Simeon just likes to show up he's against us. He's a good us. ball player. His stats haven't been there. But he, Peterson got him on a back foot slider right away, like one, like within the first 10 pitches of the game. And it was like very well placed where it was still like looks like it could have been a strike. It was like just below the zone coming in on him with the late break. And I was like, okay, now he's on. And he was really on. It was 10 strikeouts, which, John, you said third time in his career, right? That is correct. Third, and all city field. 
Really? Loving Queens, David Peterson. Love that. Peterson loves Queens. Ten strikeouts, six innings pitch, no walks. Ten strikeouts and no walks. Huge. Yeah, if any pitcher does that ever, you're going you're gonna to put your team in a good chance to win. And three earned runs. The development of David Peterson this year, especially with that slider pitch that he has used, but like we said, he showcased it a lot more, and it's really been one of the more dominant pitches on this entire Mets team this it's, entire season. It's set him apart as a pitcher. It's given him this brand new identity. That's something he kind of lacked coming up through the system as being the sinker changeup guy. As a Mets fan, I feel like that was one of the first times I really felt truly comfortable with David Peterson on the mound. I mean, I, I jinxed him a little bit at one point during the game. I was talking to my dad and sent him a text. I'm like, David Peterson's just straight up good. I mean, within seconds after that text <laughs> got sent, home run hit, absolutely crushed. But like, the the line doesn't, it doesn't lie. He was phenomenal. And the Mets fell victim to the home run ball a few times in this series. And Mets also had a lot of home runs in this series. Yeah. We can see as this weather is warming, it was a very humid weekend out here in Queens that the ball is carrying better. And Semyon and, uh, Nathaniel, not Nate, Nathaniel Lowe. Yeah, don't call that. him Nate. Don't, don't call, call him Nate. Nate. Nathaniel, that's how his mother wants his name to be said. But besides that, though, like, it's he's just he's very good right now. And we've been talking about that slider. It had seven whiffs in this start after his last two starts. that had nine whiffs in each of those. That's 25 whiffs on one pitch in three starts, which it's is gross. a very, very high number. He got, like I said, the semi-in one before, but he was equally, not equally, he was getting righties and lefties with it consistently. It's just a really sick pitch. The 10 strikeouts mentioned before matched career high. Seven of those strikeouts were via the slider. That were the most of any start in his career. And he's, wow, this guy's a crazy stat. John's really coming hot with the stats right now. He's recorded 43 of his 60 strikeouts this season via the slider. Seems like it's a good pitch. It's a really good pitch. Seems like it might be all right. The other interesting thing, though, about Peterson this start is that the sinker came back in a very big way, and also his velocity was up across the board. People he, watching on TV, he's like touching 96, 97 yeah, regularly. Yeah, which that seems like a huge development, too. If he's a guy who can sit at that 97 range, which so big. I, mean, great I know you have plans too. for what we could do with Peterson, <laughs> and that probably fits more. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> sinker, though, he threw it 28% of the time. Most he's thrown in the start in about two months now. But it did the job. There were four balls in play on it. Three of them were on the ground. That is what a sinker is supposed to do when things are going as well as possible. And he's just been an absolute saving grace in this rotation. And then as we're starting to get the inklings of some guys potentially coming back with this velocity, with one reliable breaking pitch, I'm smelling the second coming of Andrew Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he just – he seems like a guy who might have been on the fringe before who's very much a part of this team for the for the future here because he's been very, very good. Whatever yeah. way it's going to be, whether it's in the no, rotation yeah. or as a, a bullpen if, arm. If me saying he could be a, a fantastic reliever for the rest of the season has nothing to do with what he might be doing in 2023, 2024. Yeah. But I'm saying that the way this team could align over the next few months, the need in the bullpen for a lefty, the way he only has one off-speed secondary pitch working well right now – this lines up as a fantastic repertoire for a reliever, and one that's probably a little more sustainable, too. Yeah, definitely. And it was nice, too, because the vibe at the part was crazy. It was packed. If, I don't know if it was a sellout or not. I don't know what the official numbers were, but it felt like at minimum 95% full, and the crowd was going crazy from the start. And it was good because I feel like the Mets, especially this team, really does kind of vibe with the crowd. When the crowd's into it, it feels like this team is cooking. They're clicking on all cylinders, and we've seen them have some crazy comebacks. And that's kind of like, I don't want to say they had a comeback in this game because they didn't. But the Mets were I think able. They were technically down one te nothing. Yeah, right? technically. Yeah. Like it's it's not really it's a comeback. A comeback. Yeah, I guess technically speaking, it is. But it was nice to see that this team did rally here in the fourth inning. Yeah, and that big fourth inning grabbed us the lead. That would not be relinquished. Lindor had a single. McNeil drew a walk. Marcana, Cheerios, clutch RBI single, and then the big blow being our boy Eduardo Escobombs with his first home run of the series. Which was great too because watching the game from the stands I couldn't necessarily tell but I was getting texts and I was looking at the game day feed Eduardo Escobar was not happy with the strike call before he hit that home run yeah and I believe it was either on the next picture or the following one 
he hit the home run, which was, I think, the second time in this series, because I think he did it in game two as well. A bad call ended up turning into an extended at bat for Eduardo Escobar, to which he hit a home run. So maybe just give him, like, one bad call. Maybe it gets him a little angry and he hits the ball a little further. And I also think kind of the opposite of what we've been saying for a few weeks now. Weren't all three home runs he hit this series as a left-handed batter? Uh, I think so. I don't I don't remember. I wrote One was out of the right. One was out of the okay. right. But, but still two, and I look back. And he had another one actually about two weeks ago. So that's two, three home runs for Escobar as a left-handed batter in two weeks. Yeah, no, he's playing better. Uh, and especially, you know, on this podcast, we've talked about maybe it was time to start trying to platoon him. But he was one of the biggest bats this series. We wouldn't have won this series without Eduardo Escobar's. No, definitely not. And the lineup just in general on Friday did a really good job of allowing Glenn Otto to kind of get himself into trouble. Yeah. Otto was a guy who's still developing his stuff. He doesn't really have like an out pitch and he doesn't have great velocity. He's kind of a guy who just like has the kitchen sink. He throws a lot of different pitches and he likes to hang around the edges. But when you hang around the edges, that leaves you a lot of opportunity to miss your spots. Yep. And there were a lot of three ball counts, a lot of deep counts, a lot of men on base consistently. And it was just this the way this Mets offense has been successful all year, just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. No, it was a really nice, I don't want to say easy game, but it was a nice win in this game for the Mets. Like the team just relatively played pretty well. Besides the fact that we only scored a run in one inning. Yes, like that yeah. one inning was the whole thing, but it really felt like the Mets were in control pretty much the entire night. Yeah, and there's some rumors going around about the Mets looking for a power hitter to add the deadline. You kind of got a sense of how great a home run can be for a team. Like, we love risk. We like hitting with runners in scoring position, but we know that singles at the end of the day are not winning ball games. And singles are not sustainable. We've seen in these last two weeks, as the Mets have gotten a little bit colder, you see a lot of these big run scoring opportunities come up with nothing at the end of an inning or maybe even just one. Getting a home run like that really takes the pressure off the rest of the lineup. Well, and there are guys who can't hit them in this lineup. They're just not right now. What was, what was that stat? 18 of the 22 runs were scored via the long ball this series, which is just – it shows you how important the home run is. It really can make or break a game. Once we get the back and score multiple runs, a single you need to put four together to score one, basically. Definitely. And just the nature of singles are kind of random. You'll know where the defense is playing. So you'll know how hard you're going to hit it, where you're going to hit it. It's chaos but to get a single home run doubt that's it you don't have to deal with anything else so yeah. baseball has been moving that way for a long time now and john's got peterson trivia question quick trivia question quick trivia question so on friday night 10 strikeouts no walks he is one of seven mets lefties to have a start like that can you guys name the other six oh. johan that is one okay there's an easy one oliver perez i had guessed that not one but a great guess okay. i'm gonna throw john niece john niece not on the list okay so we have johan so far Glav this glavin no. Wow. Lighter. No. Oh, man. Is Kuzman a lefty? Yes, and he is one of them. Okay. That's two. Look at you, pitching guy over here, knowing all the pitching names. You too. Man, lefties. lefties. I feel Four like... Four more. A couple of them are tough. I'll give you a clue. One of them just went into the Mets Hall of Fame last year. Man, oh, I probably oh, should know oh, that. Oh, oh, Why can't I remember it? 1973 oh, I hero? I just said Kuzman. Nope. He was 69 hero. Oh my gosh. John Matlack. Oh, I, I had no idea he was a lefty. You want the other ones? <laughs> yeah, give yeah, us the other ones. We're stumped. This isn't good content. The other ones. Glendon Rush. Oh, wow. Glendon Rush reference on the pod. Wow, Glendon yeah. Rush. Glendon Rush. Active on social media. Sid Fernandez, El Cid. Check out Sid Fernandez. Yeah, and the tricky one, now a player agent, Chris Capuano. Oh. You know what's insane? I was actually thinking about saying him. I thought that was a little too crazy. Was Chris Capuano against the Astros, too? I feel like we literally just talked about this. I feel like right? it was a day game. Okay, it was yeah. against the Braves. Okay. A 13 right. strikeout, no walk performance Chris for Chris Capuano. Chris Capuano. Good bit of trivia there. Some good, good company. Trivia. Yeah. I like it. We should do that kind of regularly. I like the trivia. 
Also, just getting back to the game here. I told you guys about Brock Burke last week. He's good. How annoying was he on Friday? Just two innings. We couldn't touch him at all. Dude, Bengal, a good friend of mine, YouTuber Madden guy. He just hyped up Brock Burke before the year. I don't know why. I don't know <laughs> how he had this information, but he's been right on the money. Brock Burke's filthy. The guy's awesome. And then just, I also want to give a shout out to our bullpen because Seth great. Lugo had a very clean inning. We we went seven, eight, nine, no base runners. Stress free. Stress free. I mean, I think there was no, actually the one there was a base run. Adavino let the guy on, but then he got a double play. Yeah. But Seth Lugo, something we've been talking about a lot. He threw ten pitches on Friday night, and nine of them were either forcing fastballs or curveballs. Thank you, thank you. Seth. That's all you That's need. That's all we've been asking and is I the fastball curveball. I did mention just now Adavino gave a base runner. I don't remember how, but then he got a big double play and a ball from Marcus Semien that was smoked. Yeah. It's like 106 off the bat that turned into two, and then Edwin Diaz is nasty. Good night. Edwin Diaz, fantastic. The Mets moved to two and zero on fireworks night because it was indeed fireworks night. Yes. Great show. I stayed for the fireworks. Nice. It was a packed house for the fireworks too. And People also, love fireworks. Yeah, oh, they do. I mean, fireworks are fun. Yeah. It's like a, l- a little bit of danger is always a little bit of fun. <laughs> and then it was also DJ night, which I really enjoyed. I didn't know really? how I was going to feel about you the DJ enjoyed night. It? I did, because it wasn't like, you know, like Avicii, like, mm, 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 I don't think Avicii's. Mm, mm, mm. I, don't, I don't know the DJs that do that stuff. But anyway. Wait, may, may Avicii rest in peace. Changed music forever. True. He was a, he was a legend. But I- icon. <laughs> I, I like DJ Knight. They were playing a lot of different music. He got some TikTok songs in there, there which go. I'm sure got the kids involved. They yeah. were probably loving it. It's a good uh, idea. Good vibes. I like it. I, I was worried he wasn't going to play the trumpets, though, when Edwin came out. I was worried. <laughs> you have to play the trumpets. Thank goodness the that's, trumpets. That's, that's got to be in the contract for DJ Knight. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And then game two happens. And game two, uh, you knew with Trevor Williams on the mound, basically, I mean, if I had a coin, I'd flip it. it that's what it kind of feels like happens when Trevor Williams is on the mound. Sometimes he's going to be good. Sometimes he's going to be like he was in game two. You and just kind of don't really know coming into the game. And a lot of it, I feel like with Trevor Williams, kind of comes down to this home run luck. Like yeah. whether the fly balls stay in or go out, because Trevor Williams is a guy who gets a lot of fly balls. And this time, they kind of went out. But even before any of this happened, Stalking Marte got us on the board with a two-run home run right away in the first. His third first inning home run of the season. It actually became four on Sunday, right? Yeah, four on Sunday. Four, yeah. four on Sunday. So four first inning home runs for starting this year. He's entering a new phase of his career. He's a power hitter now, allegedly. Which I love. And I, he's going to be for the All-Star finalists, yes. which you guys can start voting on on Tuesday, July 5th. So if you are a Mets fan listening to this, you, you got to use your votes. we got to get Starling into yeah. You can't let Adam Duvall. Get he's in. a finalist? He's a finalist. That's you can't disgusting. let him get in over Starling Marte. You're talking about really good outfielder right now, a guy who deserves it, Adam Duvall. So – Vote Starling Marte. If you're going to do anything, vote Starling Marte, Pete Alonso for the next until the All Star game happens. We got to have some representatives out there. Is it still five a day? I don't know with the finalists. Yeah. It might be different, but maximize your votes. Starling Marte deserves it. Where would this team be without his presence at the top of the order? He's been fantastic. He's been awesome, especially after a cold month. He's just been blazing hot. This home run itself was a laser beam. Oh, he smoked it. It, it just, <laughs> no doubt off the bat, that ball was gone, and obviously it gave us a nice early lead. But I got to say, it was a little bit weird. I think maybe the forecast had to do a little something with it. I think maybe also because it was DJ and fireworks night the prior yeah. night. A little, a little just, Mets hangover? Yeah, a little Mets hangover. Felt a little bit quiet. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say it felt like dead in the stadium, but it just felt like it was a little more casual right now on Saturday. It, and 
it was just weird vibes, and it kind of played into this entire game, I feel like. It's just really hard to have a lot of energy when you're sitting there in 80% humidity, 90-degree heat. Like, you can't do anything like that. With the impending thunderstorms that were coming, with 4th of July weekend, like, it was kind of a perfect storm for a little bit of a letdown, and I feel like that's exactly what this game was. Yeah, and then you came to Trevor Williams on the other side, gave up some very quick Rangers runs after the Mets had a lead, home runs to Calhoun, Haim. Like, and those are names where, like, if you're really in the nitty-gritty, those guys are having good years and hit the ball very hard. But to the, to the average baseball fan, you see Cole Calhoun, two home runs, you get pretty angry. Yeah, to my dad, he's yeah. a seven and eight hitter, give up absolute bombs to them, and he's beside himself. Yeah, and like the home runs to Cole Calhoun, one of them was a slider, it didn't slide that much, and he just yanked it, crushed it. He's a barrel king, too. Yeah, the other one was a fastball that was right on the black. It's only 90 miles an hour, but it was right on the black, and Calhoun just like, Got the bat head out there, kind of served it over the wall, which yeah. is a crazy sentence. The wind was kind of blowing out to left field, I feel like, the first two games of the series, yeah. so I could see it carried. And Cole Calhoun, Trevor Williams, both former Sun Devils. Really? Alumnus. Not the same time, but yes. I did. I was not aware. I mm. have a slight grasp of what players, what colleges they went to. I have none whatsoever. Would not have guessed that, though. No. And then Martin Perez. So annoying. So annoying. God. I think we were talking about it the last time. I don't know if it was actually on the podcast or not, but I think the last time the Mets played the Rangers, yeah. Martin Perez. Yeah, John mentioned it last episode. Yeah. yeah, Martin Perez pitched a gem, and he didn't really pitch a gem because he still gave up those two home runs early, but he ended up having a great start. We couldn't hit the ball in the air. It was just ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. But crazily, Martin Perez came into the start only having allowed two home runs on the year in 93 innings. Damn. And the Mets had two and 15 batters. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I, wow. I, is he a ground ball guy? Like, I don't he, really he, know his profile like that. He is just a soft contact guy, and I guess this start was ground ball. I think he's a better-than-usual ground ball guy, but okay. he's not ground balls enough to where I think it's, like, statistically stable. But in this game, the Mets had 22 balls in play. 15 of them were on the ground, and two were pop-ups. It just felt like everybody— And the other two were home runs. So that right there, 17, 19. So there were only three balls in play that were, like, perceived as dangerous besides the homers. Well, it felt the like game. everybody was getting jammed. Everybody wasn't— Well, like, that's what he does. Soft that contact. Yeah, like you said, the Gets cutter, the sinker. I don't know what other pitch he had, but he was, I guess, pitching well. I John has something for us. Yeah, it's about the Martin Perez ground ball rate. Last year, 43, a little bit over that percent ground ball rate. This year, 51. Okay. And he's cut down on the line drive 27% yeah. last year. 20% this year, so. Line drive rate is kind of boost, though. Because if you're watching a game and you, like, are hanging out, like, try to distinguish the line drives. Between line drives, the like, the ground balls that become, uh, the line drives that go into the ground quickly. It's line drive rate, I've never You're I've not never a huge a fan. fan. I, think, yeah. I think there's, like, some, uh, I think there's some it's credence hard. to it. Just because, yeah. like, you can tell the average person a line drive and you can picture it in your head. Yeah. So you're like, it's still good content. It's still a little bit subjective. It's subjective. It's yeah. very subjective. Yeah. <laughs> but the ground ball rate being over 50%, that is meaningful. That's, that's becoming meaningful. But you know who it didn't matter to? Who? Eduardo Escobar. No. Eduardo Escobar hit another home run. The dude, is, he's hot in the month of July. Spoiler alert, he hit one in game three, too. Le- tied for the lead league in Major League <laughs> Baseball for home runs in the month of July. Fun fact. That was a good meme from the Messed Up podcast. Also, just like Eduardo Escobar, now after this weekend, hilariously, is going to have an OPS plus, WRC plus, like right around 100 again. Right, where and he hangs out. He's just going to hang out between like 5% worse league average and 5% better league average forever, indefinitely. And that's kind of just what he does. He feels like a guy who, when he's hot, he's re- he's really hot. He's hard to get out. And when he's cold, nothing. he doesn't really do much. He that's almost Eduardo. hit a second one Sunday, too. He put a ride into one late. Yeah, he hit one hard. On the other side of the coin, though, Luis Guillorme, our guy. Cold to get. It's been Whew. ice cold. He probably needs a cold. day off. Colder than the Rockies. Maybe playing a little bit too much. Again, we're not we're not making the decisions here, obviously. But it he, seems like right now he might just be maybe a little tired. I don't know. He could be. It's also he's just been pitting the ball straight into the ground for what it feels like two or three weeks now. And if you yeah. go check out his rolling graphs, which is I think a great way to evaluate hitters. If anyone out there plays fantasy, 
go on Savant, go on Fangraphs, check out Rolling Graphs, you just see that Guillaume's expected weighted on base average, which it is a stat that takes every single ball you've put into play and kind of gives them, gives them an objective score rather than the result that actually happened. So the likelihood of, it's like the likelihood of a good result happening from this ball in play, regardless of if it was caught or not, based on exit velocity, launch angle, this and that. Guillaume's has just been sinking like a stone since about June 10th, so almost a full month now. He's just yeah. having trouble lifting the ball. He's never really been someone who hit it that hard. I'm sure also now we're in a situation where defenses have more yeah. book on him. They Definitely. have a little more film, so they know how to position themselves better for him doing all his, his funky stuff. But that, that's kind of that's that's the lay of the land here. Yeah, and I mean, really, like at the end of the day— Still playing great defense. Yeah, he's, still, he's still getting on base. Oh, still, the glove is just yeah. it's phenomenal. And really, at the end of the day, like this game was just the Mets kind of lost to the Rangers 7-8-9 hitters because Calhoun hit two home runs. Jonah Heim hit a home run. Leody Tavares hit a home run, which I didn't think that's a sentence I would be saying. And those were the seven, eight, nine hitters. And Tavares actually came in for defensive replacement or whatever late yeah. in the game. So, also it, the other side of that coin is like the Mets had plenty of opportunities, especially yeah. early on in this game to score. Like um, Martin Perez wasn't like, like there was no reason that they couldn't have gotten it together. Francisco Lindor got on base four times in this game. Yeah, I think Marte and Nimmo also got on base a few times each. Yeah, top three in the order got on seven times, and the Mets were only able to score what three runs? Like that's. That's something we're not used to. That's something we're not accustomed to with this New York Mets team. But this is something that has been a little bit of a pattern, it feels like, for the past week-ish or so, that the Mets are not capitalizing with runners in scoring position, which also comes back to what we said about like the singles approach sometimes bite you in the butt. Yeah, it's kind of the function also of at the same time right now, Lindor and Pete are not really hitting for power. It's, yeah. just, it's just a little bit of a slump. Lindor's getting on base. He's still putting the ball in play and hitting it hard, just not getting good results. And Pete... I feel like it's been over a week since he had the home run. Pete's Pete's a little cold. Yeah, uh, it's it's expected. He's and had also, a pretty phenomenal year. It seemed like their McNeil's still a little bit tender. He's he DH'd and then he uh, he DH'd on Friday. Then he did not play on Saturday. Yeah. So the lineup also misses a little bit without McNeil, especially when you're getting all these guys on base and no one's there to drive him in. What are you gonna do? Want to talk about Tony Masaniyo's throw though? Yeah. Oh my God, a okay. second runner thrown out from his knees, which is just. If you guys have never caught, it's it's pretty hard to throw the ball from your knees. It's pretty hard to throw out a base runner from your knees. While the bat may not be really doing much for us right now, defensively, again, he continues to be phenomenal behind the plate. Wayne Randazzo said that after the first uh, knee throw last week, he asked him if that's something he works on, something he like looks to do, something he plans for, and, and Tomas was just like, nope, if I feel like I have to, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, no, just, just like an instinct, catcher's instincts. You know, he's, he's been great behind the plate. I think the pitchers love throwing to him, too. Yeah. And then just kind of to put a tie on this game, a little foreshadowing here. Dom Smith got a pinch hit opportunity in the ninth. And he hit a double off the wall, which I think would have been a home run in 17 of 30 major league ballparks. We're coming up on a day. We won't mention what it is just yet, but you guys have probably heard enough about it. It was good. Dom swung the bat really hard, which I feel like I haven't seen him do all year. And it seemed like in game three, he swung the bat hard again, which is, again, a little foreshadowing. <laughs> swung uh, the bat hard. Swung it hard. Don't let Dom Smith get hot. That's all I'm saying. All right, and then we got the rubber match. Game three, which it feels like we have one of these every series. The third game, Sundays in particular, Feels like a make or break a lot for these Mets. And luckily for the Mets, again, spoiler alert, we got the win. Keep making. 23-7 and seven following a loss this year. This team just loves to fight. And who else but Starling Marte to get us started again with another first-inning home run, like I said before, fourth of the year. Get out and vote. Vote, vote, vote. Starling Marte deserves to be an all-star. I don't, I don't know what we can do to incentivize you guys to vote more. I'm, I'm using all my votes every single day. You guys should be too, Starling Marte and Pete Alonso. So easy. It takes two seconds. It takes two seconds. Both deserve it. You can literally do it on your phone. Yeah, yeah, literally. And Starling Marte, some more crazy John stats here. He's hit safely in 18 straight games against the Rangers, and that dates back to last year as an Oakland Athletic. That's ridiculous. That's like (laughs) such – 
That's a stat that doesn't matter, but is a cool one. Yeah, exactly. That's a great John stat. And then Marte is hitting 362 with a 393 on base percentage and 638 slugging percentage in the first inning of games this year. That's also just ridiculous. Shocking. Insane. And nine total home runs already after only hitting 12 all of last year with a slight uptick in both his pull rate and his fly ball rate. Yeah, which I think makes a little bit of a difference for a guy who relatively hits the ball hard at its hardest, but not consistently, if that yeah. makes sense. Marte is one of those weird guys. He's like an exit velocity unicorn where he's always near like the top 10% of hitters in max exit velocity, but yeah. always in like the bottom 30% in average exit velocity, both on all balls in play and also on fly balls and line drives. Yeah, no, So it's weird that he's having this power resurgence, but I've said this before, like him being a 20 home run guy changes the way that contract looks dramatically. Oh, for sure. And in the two hole, when Nimmo gets on base like he does and this team does, that really helps kickstart this offense, which we saw him do multiple times this series. Absolutely. But but the story from Sunday is definitely Carlos Carrasco, who was coming off two pretty bad starts in a row. Both of them coming against Houston Astros, though, so it's weird that you have two straight starts against one team who also happens to be one of the best teams. Yeah. You get crushed in both. So people were a little bit dicey on Carrasco. I was in a couple fantasy leagues where I saw Carrasco get dealt this week. But yeah, you got to pick him up if you got the Someone chance. Someone in Dynasty League, I'm in, this is going to be a real niche Dynasty deep track. They traded Carlos Carrasco for Caleb Killian. Oh, that's that's the, the, quad, the quadruple A guy in the Cubs. I told him not to do it. That person should have to forfeit their team. I mean, it's just, that's just like, Carrasco's still a guy who's decent. And you come out for this game and you still see that he is a veteran savvy pitcher with a lot of tools in his tool bag. Five and two thirds innings pitched. Really tried to get him through that sixth inning. Yeah. Crowd gave him a nice ovation when he got pulled. Six hits allowed. They were mostly scattered. One walk. One earned run on who else but the Jonah Heim solo home run that was smoked. Jonah really Heim. got around on one. Jonah Heim really loves to make me look stupid. Yeah, I also switch hitting catcher. You never see that. No, like a unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> unicorn. And the big number, eight strikeouts from Carrasco with 20 whiffs. Season high in whiffs for Carrasco, and the first time he hit that 20 whiff line as a Met. Last time he did it was September of 2020, still with the then Cleveland Indians. He's just, like, he's such a good veteran arm that we can look to every five days. And really, outside of the Houston starts, the numbers have been really good this year for Carlos Carrasco. It's fantastic. As good as you could expect. 3.79 ERA, which is basically where most of the, like, the projection, even the most opt optimistic projection systems had him before the year, kind yeah. of between like 3.75 and like 4.25. 9-2 record. Not a wins podcast, but that's that's pretty cool still. Yeah. 3.06 FIP, which fielding fielding independent pitching, where, how should we explain FIP? It's like ERA, except you're only counting what a pitcher can control, strikeouts, yeah. walks, home runs. Yeah, now I was like... Taking defense yeah. out of the equation. Yes, yep. yes. And a 24.5% strikeout rate, which is a hair above league average against everybody not named the Astros this year for Carrasco. Yeah, but huge, huge bounce back start. Huge, huge. I really love seeing that, and especially when some people are getting a little bit nervous. I feel like this should calm your your concerns. Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing with Carrasco to limit the damage in this game was that both of his secondaries were working very well. The changeup was on another level. It's probably the yeah. best his changeup has looked this year. He dropped one in the first inning, and I was like, oh, that's a nice changeup. You're like, that, that's a pitch we we don't see <laughs> often. Yeah. He, we saw a lot today. 32% usage rate, 11 whiffs on 20 swings. Fantastic. Just doing everything it had to do. And that also was, I think, kind of a counter move to a Rangers team that is very, very aggressive and has mm. been all year. Rangers is one of the highest or the highest team in swinging at the first pitch this year at the rate they swing oh. at the first pitch. Yeah, one of That's the highest. Interesting. One of the most aggressive teams in baseball. Drop some change-ups on them. That's funny you mentioned that, too, because I feel like I noticed that Nimmo this series in particular was swinging at a lot of first pitches. And I think, John, what was the percentage of that? It was a little over a third of his play appearances. He swung first pitch. And to your point about Texas, they put the first pitch into play 19 times during the series. And you were correct. Highest first pitch in all baseball. That's ridiculous. But 
savvy veteran plus Jeremy Hefner throw a bunch of changeups. These guys are probably going to swing out of their shoes at it, especially because Carrasco throws a bit of a a bit of a hittable fastball in terms of velocity and shape. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. by no means ninety nine. No, it's also it's not really like a great riser. It's not like the, the sneaky like Joe Ryan fastball. It's like ninety four, but it comes on you really quickly. Yeah, and to be fair, the Mets also went up against John. Not so great. Shout out to John for that for that pun. Uh, that was a good one. Can we get a but Yeah, John <laughs> John Gray is just a guy that we would have liked the Mets I think to pursue in the off season, but. It was because there was something always there, and it just feels yeah. like he maybe still hasn't found it. No, I mean, first-round pick still is sitting 96-97 as a guy on the other side of 30, but they really just got that sweeper moving for him over there in Texas. We, someone we missed this series, Dane Dunning, also developed one this year. It seems like a motive of the Rangers' new revamped analytics and development yep. department trying to push this pitch. And that pitch was gross. Marte did hit the home run on it in the first, yeah. which is kind of funny because I was talking about that pitch and talking about it with you and uh, right off the bat, Marte went down and got one and sent it out. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> but the rest of this game, 10 whiffs on 19 swings on that pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was it, definitely... It, it's definitely... It's definitely an out pitch. Like, it's really good. It's just his fastball is weird. It doesn't move the way his fastball looks like it would move. It's like Coors broke him. And, like, he did kind of keep the Mets under control after that home run, and the Mets didn't really get a scoring opportunity again until the fourth inning, which was, like, the weirdest way to yeah. score ever with Pete Alonso getting a strikeout double. And, yes, you're hearing that correctly. Pete Alonso struck out and ended up on second base. Just a kind of wild uh, what's the sequence of plays that happened? Jonah Heim defensive masterclass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, he, he helped me out with that one, at least, that Jonah Heim messed that one up. And then Jeff McNeil back in the lineup, looking a little bit better, looking a little bit healthier. The classic Jeff McNeil double, which you got to love, drives Pete in. McNeil, he's just like such a good hitter. I, I know we say it every episode, but for a guy who I feel like He's, he didn't get the love that he should as an all-star. He's not even a finalist, which no, is ridiculous. No, it's crazy, and especially statistically in the for second base in National League with Ozzie Albies and Jazz both dealing with injuries right now. Like, I don't know who else should be there. Ozzie Albies hasn't, like, played in a month. I yeah, don't and he wasn't really playing that well when he was playing. No, he's an average second baseman, really. At the no, he's good. Bad. He's good. He's a good bat. Nah. But McNeil up to a 387 batting average, runners in scoring position, fifth in all of baseball. That double was also the hundredth of Jeff's career. I'm the doubles man right doubles here. Doubles man I love right a good there. Triple Let's digits, go, baby. And... There's a funny one that we got from uh, that we got internally here from John. McNeil showed up to the game in a suit today, which is hoping to bust himself out of what was like a four-game slump. That's a baseball guy. Yeah, that's a baseball guy. <laughs> this we, was so not a slump. It was like a week. Yeah, <laughs> but for Jeff McNeil, not gonna get hit in like two games is yeah. like, He's like oh, just, that's, that's the downfall. And we did see some angry McNeil over the weekend a little bit again. A little bit. Yeah, Friday night. He was he was pressing a little bit, yeah. but you know what? I, I do love the intensity. Just gotta control it. He also just a break from this fourth inning rally. Made a nice play going into the wall, I believe. Middle innings. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, when. I mean he, he plays such a great outfield and also plays such a great second base. It's crazy to have that burst versatility for a guy who's also a really good hitter yeah then this rally again came together in the form of an Eduardo Escobar Escobomb Edyardo as Giuseppe on Twitter said which that's that's an even better pun than Escobomb yeah I think I think Edyardo might be <laughs> my new favorite as much as we coined the, to- the term Eduardo Escobombs Edyardo is just I think straight up funnier yeah. it also makes sense because he doesn't really hit that many bombs so it'd be hard to call him Escobombs <laughs> yeah. but Edyardo I could just say when he hits a home yeah, run Edyardo yeah it's what his third home run of the series three games in a row he's he's been phenomenal John just uh bolded a, another pun on our sheet Esco barbecue because he's cooking. That's awful. Oh, that ter- terrible. <laughs> We're cutting Nitro. It was that bad. <laughs> hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. So Esco, Esco Barbecue at least wins that battle. Rough, yeah. But third time in Escobar's career, he has hit a home run three consecutive games. Hmm. And these three home runs this year, he traveled a combined 1,232 feet. When so you're hot, you're hot. When you're some not, distance you're not. on him, too. Yeah. yeah. What you got to do? Dom Smith. Told you, don't let Dom Smith get hot. I said it was a little foreshadowing. Two for four. Two for four after a late double in game two. Hilariously, too, the hits he got were not... Hard hit balls at all. No, by, by yeah, no means. No, no, no. <laughs> they were not particularly hit hard. But he did have two hard hit balls today. It's just that. So, wait, wait the two balls that he got hit were not hard hit and the two outs were? I believe so, That's yeah. funny. Which is kind of hilarious that yeah. the two balls <laughs> that he ended up getting hits on weren't necessarily the balls that were smoked by any means. I mean, also, if you're going to get hot any time, you need to get off this home run schneid. There's no better place to do it than Cincinnati. Which was the last time he hit a home run. That was the last time he hit a home run? It was in Cincinnati That last crazy year. game? That little wall scraper. So maybe, don't let Dom get hot, get him to Cincinnati. Short porch in right field. Um, anything can happen, I'm telling you. Absolutely. And just go through some bullpen from this game. Mentioned before about Carrasco getting nursed through that sixth inning. That was the third time around the Texas lineup. I Before the inning, I was like, I really don't want to send him out for that. He got into a little bit of trouble, not a ton. Joely came in, though, and got the big round out of Cole Calhoun. Joely tried to come out, fit, do, do the second inning. Did he actually did he get yeah, through no, this got, one? Yeah, he got the second he inning. He got through well. in this one, yeah. yeah. So he had trouble with that on Saturday, but decent for Joely on a back-to-back day, too. Back-to-back innings. Alvino was very good again. I Guys, told, really I told just you, developing. I love his walkout. I don't. Yeah, it's like a, it's a Kid Cudi song. I don't remember mm-hmm, exactly what mm-hmm. song it is. It's a little bit of a deeper it's cut Mr. of Mr. Rager? No, no, no. It's like from his almost like rock album days where he got a little... That rock little, album's bizarre. He got a little Speed, weird. Speeding Bullet to Heaven? Yeah, it's an insane <laughs> album. But this, uh, his walkout's incredible. I love it. And I also love watching Adam Adovino pitch. The dude has just simply been one of the better relievers in this entire bullpen. You got the song? Alive? Alive. Okay. Oh, Man on the Moon? Oh, nice. that's a, that's Great a good album. album. Great that's album. a good one. Came out when we were like in middle school, and that was like rap music. Yeah. <laughs> rap music. This, this is good cool. Stuff. <laughs> and then just tie a little bow in this game. Edwin Diaz, nasty as hell. He so hilariously got into like the most trouble I feel like he's gotten into in weeks with a leadoff walk. After only walking one guy the entire month of June, he walked his first batter in July. And then Jonah Heim got a hit to right yeah. field. And I was like, Jonah Heim, go back to Texas or go back to Buffalo, wherever. I don't care. Just, just get, get away from the Mets. I don't want to see Jonah Heim anymore. He had a great series. Also want to shout out Edwin for winning reliever of the month. He had a great in month. June. One walk, twenty-one strikeouts. He faced thirty-seven batters. He struck out fifty-six percent of them. It's like, that's like not even video game numbers. No, it's better. I don't think you could get a fifty-six percent K rate with Edwin Diaz and MLB the show. That was like the when James Karinchak blew up because he was using sicky stuff in the minor leagues. Which, and he was rocking like fifty percent K rate in double A. He was blatantly cheating. Yeah, but it's all right. So I got the results. But that's what Edwin Diaz is doing in, in the major leagues to professional hitters. And you mentioned the one walk just for fun numbers, 2% walk rate. Yeah, great. That's fun. That's fun to throw that's it out fun there. One. But hey, Mets. K-minus K- K- walk rate, 54%. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely insane. The Mets really, though, at the end of the day, 
Series win. Yes. That's what we look for. Had to do it. Was the quality of baseball as great as we hoped it was? No. We know that the Mets team can play better. We know that they will play better. But it is at least kind of comforting to know that the Mets, even when they're not clicking, still win games. Yeah. And again, like you're just you're a better team than this team. You have mostly better players. And you can just go out there and win win a series. Yeah. And it wasn't like, there, I guess the Jonah Heim thing from Sunday was a little bit fluky. But the overall, you just feel like you beat them. Yeah, definitely. Like the Comforting. Mets, the Mets were the better team, and they beat the worst team. That's exactly how you yeah. draw it up. And, and we've been talking about the Mets' lack of power this series. Mentioned it before. 18 to 22 runs in the series coming via the home run. That's combined 22 runs from both games the entire series. 18 of them from the home run. So also cool that the Mets could get into one of these like home run things and actually come out on top. There's a reason Chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. It's, it, that's the king of baseball right there, hitting home runs. Most sustainable ways to score runs. Chicks know, chicks know that. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> They're deep into the stats. Yeah. Great great stuff for the Mets world. There's also a lot of other really cool things going on in the Mets world, too. Tons. Let's talk about Jacob deGrom, who in about, what, 20, 25, 30 minutes, will be making his first rehab start of the season out in St. Lucie. Everybody do whatever, put a spoon under your pillow. Anything, yeah. Whatever it is, whatever superstition you have. If you have to touch the doorknob, turn the, both water faucets on at the same time. Meditate, I don't know, every light on and off three times like Charlie Kelly's mom. Good vibes only. This is huge. We need Jacob DeGrom back because just imagine how much better this team this, is with him. This is also so awful because he's going to make the start and whatever happens, good or bad, like we're going to just sound like idiots. I know, because this will be all, you know, <laughs> old news at this point. We should almost record two different segments. Being like Jacob DeGrom, clean rehab, and Jacob DeGrom, bad rehab. Well, I don't want to record a bad <laughs> rehab. That's bad juju. Also kind of funny that he's p- making the start at St. Lucie and they just missed the Palm Beach Cardinals. Yes, which if you guys don't know, th- he made his rehab start last year against the Palm Beach Cardinals. I don't like how he said Palm. 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 I'm, I'm thinking too much about my wording now, but he made his rehab start against them last year, and they were like, these are like 19, 20-year-old guys facing the best pitcher on the planet. This is not fair. No, not fair at all. But also, I, you know that social media manager of that team was praying they got to Grom again. Oh, of course. That was a, mi- it's a million engagements. Yeah, I mean, like, the retweets, 50,000, whatever <laughs> it's going to be. It's a huge day for the Palm Beach Cardinals. Also, here's something funny. Do you think there's a lot of pressure now on Jacob DeGrom to almost one-up what Max Scherzer did for the Rumble Ponies last week? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. I'm Jake- not saying performance-wise. I'm saying, like, in terms of get- being nice. Ooh, I didn't think. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Because if you guys out there don't know, the story that went around Twitter and Instagram over the weekend, in Max Scherzer's most recent rehab start for the Binghamton Mets, Binghamton Rumble Ponies, not yeah. the Binghamton Mets. I can't, can't screw that one up. He spent an alleged $7,000 on dinner for the team, steak for the minor leaguers, and Santa Claus style, got every single guy AirPods. Which is hilarious. Left him in the locker. It's also like kind of funny and sad at the same time to think that minor league baseball players don't have AirPods. No, I mean, probably not. Yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely Make, make like $11,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, but shout out to Scherzer. Shout out to Scherzer. He's a uh, PA representative. And oh, he's absolutely. supporting the boys down, down the minors. Yeah, and, and Scherzer got a lot of really unnecessary flack when during the um, during negotiations because he had a Porsche. Yeah. But, like, he also has earned hundreds of millions of dollars in his career. Just a few. Also, nice that the Nationals paid Scherzer some money on deferment day, <laughs> July July 1st, otherwise known as Bob Bonilla Day, but we don't think that. We don't need to talk about Bob Bonilla no, no, no. Day. And also, Scherzer... We're recording this on Sunday. Tuesday, we'll be making his first start back after his little stint on the IL out in Cincinnati. Put your spoon under your pillow. <laughs> Everything that applies for Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> do the exact same thing for Max Scherzer because we know how sick he is when he's on the mound, when he's healthy. And to be fair, he said he needed that extra rehab start because he wanted to know how to prepare and get his body ready with the injury that he did have to continue to pitch this season because he doesn't want setbacks. He wants to be on the field. I, I can't wait to see him pitch Tuesday. Everybody, light some incense, just hang out, be serene, and like just natural. Just be 
calm for these Scherzer starts. And all things considering, the Mets went 24 and 16 without Scherzer. Like, that's As pretty impressive, missing one of the five best pitchers in baseball, along with missing Jacob deGrom. Over a 162-game pace, that's like... <laughs> That's like uh, yeah, quick math. Here you go. Come wait, on. All right, we're eight games over five hundred there. Come on, eight, Ohio eight State. Eight times four, thirty-two. That's like thirty-two games over five hundred for the season. That's pretty good. Yeah. Ninety-seven win pace. Ninety-seven win pace without Max Scherzer. Not bad. Against really good teams. Hardest month of the season, strength of schedule wise. Yeah, told Mets have no pitching. So. No, Mets have no pitching. Mets have no talent. Mets can't beat teams. <laughs> but they went. They went a ninety-seven win pace against the, some of the best teams in baseball without Max Scherzer or Jacob Degrom. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Not pretty that good. bad. And then to talk about maybe uh, a little bit different, because DeGrom and Scherzer are a little bit of elder statesmen, I would say, on this roster. How about a, a youngin, Francisco Alvarez, getting some news now? Well, we have the source, Mark Luino, who said last week he could be a star. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said this guy, I didn't say he could be a star, I said he is a star. I put, <laughs> I put my stamp on it. I'm ready to, to die on the hill of Francisco Alvarez being great. And got a call up to AAA soon after uh, my, my quote card went out on the Mets' Twitter. I mean, we work for the Mets. I guess they hear these things now. What was it? Max Scherzer uh, was given rave reviews of Francisco Alvarez, and apparently, you know, people in the team, particularly with the team now, you know. With the team, giving some reviews. But also, like, there's a lot of people in baseball who would tell you, someone who we know and trust very much, someone, Matt Eddie, we hope to come on the podcast soon, talk about uh, the Mets' new top 30 coming out in Baseball America soon. He said that he thinks there's other people who do believe that Francisco Alvarez has the best bat in the minor leagues. His bat's sick. Like, in terms of player, like, you get the Corbin Carroll. Some people will probably tell you Jordan Walker. But in terms of just someone who hits the ball really hard, I don't think anyone does it better than Francisco Alvarez. I saw a stat about our minors, guys, with Alvarez and Vientos, who are going to now be in the lineup for the first time ever together, which is interesting for guys who yeah. are top prospects. Also, not that different in age. Vientos is like 22, 23. Just, just slightly older. You yeah. have to remember Alvarez is 20. So, yeah. like, he's really only been playing the minors for a couple years a here. Pup. But those two guys have the most home runs of any minor leaguers combined in the last since the beginning of last season, I believe. So mean, that's that's like a fun kind of random stat that they incredible. have the two most combined home runs of teammates in an organization. I love that. Maybe was, they'll both be doing that here soon. <laughs> ho- they keep swinging the bat like that. Those guys are going to skyrocket to the majors yeah. in no time. And we've been getting a lot of trade questions soon. I think probably next week we'll do a big trade talk. Yeah, at least once. after the Marlins series, maybe? Uh, Marlins four-game series will be a little longer. Maybe oh, just yeah. right after the Reds, like yeah, the, week, could be, the weekday series. We'll yeah, some so trade talks. If you guys are following us on Twitter, at MetsUp, make sure you start tweeting us. Maybe your trade ideas, trade players that you want to hear us talk about because we'll be happy to answer those questions. I've told everybody I was not responding to any trade tweets until July 1st, and one, one of my more loyal followers, Followers, he hit me with like three trade questions right on July 1st. I was like, I got you. I'm answering them all. I got to respect that. I got to respect he had oh, that absolutely. date in his calendar yeah. ready to ask I was you. like, July 1st. Not, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it till then. And start talking about the Cincinnati Reds preview because, of course, we have a very uh, patriotic series coming up against Cincinnati Reds out in Cincy. What are the pitching matchups, James? Pitching matchups of the series. Game one on Monday, 4th of July. Bizarre 640 game on the 4th of July. Ew. I know. 640? I know. I'd love a day game tomorrow. Is Cincinnati Central Time? Nope. Okay. It's right. Ohio. Ohio doesn't get Central Time. No. It starts Chicago. That's baffling to me. All right. <laughs> You're not a geography guy. <laughs> I don't go to the Midwest. <laughs> no. I spent a lot of time there. Taiwan Walker versus Hunter Green. Hunter Green is really unbelievable. Cool. For Mets fans that don't know, he throws, he sits like 101. Which is like a crazy sentence yeah. to say out loud for a starting pitcher. And but crazy as that is, you, I'm sure the broadcast will talk about this ad nauseum, but Hunter Green's fastball actually gets crushed. Yeah. It's one of the least productive pitches in baseball in terms of both run value and ex-woba. So it's a pitch that gets hit. The real out pitch for Hunter is his slider. That pitch is disgusting. No, the slider is really good. It's a frisbee, good. yeah. And he, the more he throws that pitch, the better his results are. So hopefully we're not having a, a big slider game. Happy and also, to face him in Citizens, or not Citizens Bank, in Great American Ballpark Oh, well. I always also get those two confused. Yeah, they, well, there's a, it's a lot of banking going on. A lot of banking going on out there. 
But Tuesday, we mentioned it before, the return of Max Scherzer to the New York Mets rotation. I can't, I just can't even put it to words how happy that makes me. Really also, excited. Yeah, facing off against Nick Lodolo, who's also making a long-awaited return from a back issue that sparked up for him in April. For those who don't know Lodolo, he's also a rookie, much like Green. They've kind of ascended in the red system together as two of their prize jewels, pitching prospects. Lodolo has, a, he's like a big, lanky dude. Lefty. He, yeah, lefty. Comes at you hard with a sinker. I think he also changed up slider, correct? Don't get me wrong there. Yeah. Funky, weird stuff. Two young pitchers with a lot of a lot of flashy pitches. And then Wednesday, the Mets actually don't have a starter named right now on the schedule. But I think they're probably saving that for Bassett if he's cleared. Yeah, facing off against Graham Ashcraft, another night game. All Ooh. three six voice starts. Graham, you're not hit to Graham. Graham Ashcraft. You're gonna you're gonna look at Graham Ashcraft. Be like, holy crap. Am I gonna say crap? <laughs> Leave it in there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Wait, Graham Graham Ashcraft. You know how we talked about like Chase Anderson's a creative player name. That's like you just put things together. Yeah, Graham, Graham Ashcraft. Ashcraft. But Graham Ashcraft is a guy who popped last year in the red system, got great results after kind of being up and down for his first few years in the minors. He throws like a 97-mile-an-hour cutter that just sweeps across the entire zone. That sounds kind of good. I believe he's also a lefty, John, if I'm correct on that. Maybe double-check me. Right, he's right. All right, but sinker cutter, he, they, they're bizarre. Sometimes you get a hold of him and you hit him. Him and Green are both pretty home run, uh, home run susceptible to the long ball. There it is. There it is. So you can get the ball out of here. This would be a great series also for the Mets just like pump their full season numbers up, get, the, get the barrel rate, get the home runs out of there. Definitely. But you got to beat the Reds. You do have to beat this the Reds. This is not a good roster. Bad team. These, I mean, are pro- these are probably – I mean, we're missing Luis Castillo too, which is also a huge sick, boost. He's really well. He's been, he's been blazing hot so far. Big trade candidate. We'll talk about that soon. All three of these guys are interesting, though. All three have good stuff. But all three, again, are young can have struggle problems with control and are susceptible to the home run ball. And while the Reds have traded off a lot of guys, of course, they still do have Joey Votto, mm-hmm. who's still around on that team, still a consummate pro. He has been hitting incredibly well since a very poor first few weeks in April in Ielston. He is just back on top of the league leaders in terms of barrel rate, fly ball rate. He is hitting the ball hard and with authority consistently. And we also have to mention that there are some former Mets. A litany of them. On the Cincinnati Reds team. And they made a huge impact on Sunday to actually beat the Braves. So shout out to Brandon Drury. Albert Almora and Matt Reynolds, yes, you are hearing those names correctly, drove in all four runs in the Sunday victory against the Atlanta Braves to help the Mets gain a game on them, as well as Albert Almora with the walk-off hit in the ninth inning, which I never thought I would say those three guys' names together in a sentence of beating the Braves, and if I did, I would have thought it might have been with the Mets last year. (laughs) It's with the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, Drury... Is having a year. He's awesome. Oh, that was the first baseman I was thinking of earlier that's probably going to be an all-star from that team. Oh, it's gonna you be think? Brandon Drury. Why not? Va- oh, Vado. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Luis Castillo. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Brandon Drury's having a great year though. But that's not an All-Star year. Like Castillo's having a better year relative I, to pitchers than Drury is. I don't know. 16 homers, 15 doubles, 42 RBIs, and an 8.52 OPS. That's really, really good. Like I think you're maybe overplaying Castillo's year and downplaying Brandon Drury's a little bit. Castillo's like a 3.0 ERA. Yeah, but Brandon Drury. Give it to Brandon Drury. Give it to the former Med. I don't want Luis Castillo to have all-star on his resume. <laughs> you guys heard it here first. Mark is trying to create an all-star roster that knocks Pete Alonso off. No, no, no. That's, what, you, that's what we third, said. But Brandon Drury probably deserves to be on there. Pete does two more, though. Drury's also a guy who just kind of always hit the ball hard. He's always yeah. had good quality of contact. We saw him in some spurts last year with the Mets. He Definitely. did some really good things. Crush lefties. Yeah, he, he could be a guy who's actually a trade candidate for could the be. Mets. Yeah, I know. He could be. Oh, that's ridiculous. Tommy Pham still yeah. hanging around in Cincinnati and as he's, well. he's still hitting well on that you, team. You're a big Tommy Pham guy. He's just I mean, a good ball player. We're missing Tyler Stevenson, who's one of the most exciting young catchers in baseball. The guy yeah. hit, hits the ball really well. And, I mean, 
Is there really anything else to talk about this Reds team? Oh, Edwin Diaz's brother. Yeah, that'll be cool. Probably some good Instagram, TikTok opportunities for those guys. Definitely. Alexis. Um, Edwin's better. It's just significantly, kinda yeah. Kind of how it is. Art Warren's fun. I don't know if he is actually healthy right now or if he's, he's pitching. He's not looking great. So. Oh, he's not? He, has, no. he was really good early. He's got 70 RA. Wow. Yeah. When did that happen? The Reds. You, yeah. play, in, you play in great American ballpark. Also, another, another former man, brief former man, Hunter Strickland. Yeah. Talk about home runs. That guy loves giving up home runs more than most uh, most people love their family. <laughs> we would love to see Hunter Strickland at some point during this <laughs> the series. The guy's addicted to giving up home runs. We saw last year in the brief stint with the Mets. He loves giving up home runs. This is a series the Mets have a chance to really, really do some damage, and separate themselves a little bit. And again. we remember last year what happened that series in Cincinnati. It's chaos. It's chaos baseball. It's chaos baseball. You're going to see pop-ups that go 10 rows back. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. But the Mets have good hitters, so put the ball in the air, make things happen. They should have no problem against that, Cincinnati. That could be the draft deck Mark quote card from this episode. The Mets have good hitters. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sometimes it's not about how deep and you know thoughtful your quotes are. It's just about getting the right information out there. And the Mets, they do have good hitters. And there's a chance we go to to this series with Taiwan Scherzer and Chris Bassett, who, for all intents and purposes, have been the Mets' three best pitchers over the last month. Yeah. Maybe David Peterson sprinkle him in there, but these these are the three. I guess it's I, Scherzer's not been the best pitcher over the last month. He hasn't pitched, but I'm gonna give him that nod. Yeah, I think I think, I think, he's, I think he, he deserves it. it yeah. yeah. But, I mean, hey, let's go win another series. Let's go win another series, and let's have another happy episode. We like we like the episodes when the Mets win the series. And it's a holiday episode, 4th of July. Have some fun. Yeah, hopefully have you guys dog. are uh, enjoying your holiday responsibly. If you're listening to it on 4th of July, happy 4th of July. If not, hope you're feeling better on the drive to work. I'm sure a couple of you are having a little bit of a rough commute the next morning. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching, however you are doing it. Make sure you're following us on all our social media, at MetsedUp. If you're looking for the YouTube video, again, it is on the New York Mets YouTube channel, so make sure you go subscribe over there. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you listen, drop us a follow, drop us a rating and review. It really does help us out. Follow James on Twitter at James Chiano. Follow me at GiraffeNeckMark, and we will catch you guys after the Red Series for episode number 107. Peace out. Peace out, guys. See you next time. Happy 4th. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.